While a vampire is far too powerful to put into the character's hands as a playable race, Damphiers fit the power level just fine, and with a lot of style and black eyeliner to boot. Damphiers have been stalking D&D for quite some time, sometimes as monsters, sometimes as playable characters, but finally with the release of Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, we have the opportunity to play them in 5th edition. Today's episode will be all about building, playing, and optimizing your edgy vampiric character. Damphir used to be just sort of half-vampires, but this new addition broadens them out to include all sorts of horde tropes that might induce a dark hunger. You could literally be the child of a vampire, or you could be cursed with vampiric magic somehow, the result of a failed ritual, have a very hungry parasite, or... well, anything, really. Just get creative. The important defining characteristic is that you're imbued with some sort of spooky power at the cost of a specific and very difficult-to-resist craving. We don't exactly have a lot of hard or fast rules for how your cravings work mechanically, but you've basically just got a craving for something that has to be sourced from living beings. By far the most common dark craving of choice is blood, but it can also be, well, grimly anything. Simply raw flesh, maybe something intangible such as psychic energy, but in general, it's got to be something that you drain out of people and usually not in a nice way. You're not under any compulsion to feed on this stuff mechanically, but from a role-playing standpoint, you should either be regularly indulging or resisting your dark urges through extreme willpower. Damphir no longer have one unified source and instead can have any sort of horror trope origin that you can come up with. It's intentionally vague so that you can tailor your dark past to fit your character however you'd like. One vampiric parent and one non-vampiric parent is a standard option. Also, vampire bites or exposure to something magically vampire-themed are also solid options. You don't have to be boxed into the vampire tropes, though, if you don't want to be. You could be a cursed dream-eater, an emotional vampire a la What We Do in the Shadows, a ravening ghoul. If any of you guys run a What We Do in the Shadows style campaign, definitely let me know down in the comments, please. You could even turn into a Damphir mid-campaign, though I would definitely discuss this with your DM first. Damphiers aren't a race exactly, rather they're a lineage which works a little bit differently. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything introduced lineages as a sort of alternative to races. You can take a lineage later through role-playing, say you get bit by a vampire, suddenly you become a Damphir, which means you could easily be a Damphir human, or a halfling, or a dragonborn Damphir. I found that the book explained this whole situation poorly, so you basically have three options for playing a Damphir. You can create one during character creation using only the Damphir stats. You can also create a Damphir using character creation using another race's stats that are then modified by the Damphir stats. And this is the one I see a lot of people choose whenever they go this route. And lastly, you can create a different race who then becomes a Damphir during the campaign and has all their stats modified to match the Damphirs. This is something that you can do if you've become tired of your character or if you find out they don't really gel with the group all that well. If you make your Damphir from scratch, you have to follow the lineage rules for picking out your ability scores. Lineages don't have presets on your ability scores. Instead, you simply put plus two in an ability score of your choice and a plus one in another ability score of your choice. Or you can put plus one in three different ability scores. Where it gets weird is what happens if you take a race and transform it into a Damphir. 
The book uses some very loose and funky wording, but best I can figure, you'll have to replace the existing ability score bonuses of your race with the pick-whatever-mode-of-a-lineage. In some very strange wording, you choose to either be small or medium when you create your damn fear. This is obviously to accommodate any race that you want to use as your original form from before you turned into one. You get to make this choice on your size when you gain the lineage, and the way it's worded, you could actually choose to distort your base race size if you wanted to. So bizarrely, this feature allows you to create things like small-sized goliath damp fears or medium-sized halfling damp fears. If you just want everyone at the table to scratch their head trying to visualize that. When it comes to speed, damp fears will be going a bit quicker than everyone else with a base walking speed of 35 feet. They also have Ancestral Legacy. This is the big part of your original base race that you get to keep while everything else gets chucked in the bin. If your base race gave you any skill proficiencies, you get to keep them. If your base race had any alternative moving speeds like a climb, fly, or swim, you get to keep those too. If your base race didn't grant you any proficiencies or special movement types, you instead get to gain proficiency with any two skills of your choice. This was a very strange way of doing things that weirdly incentivizes you to choose a base race that grants alternate movement speeds and ideally proficiencies as well. Damp Fair have their own climbing ability, but tacking on a fly or swim speed is a major improvement. Two skills isn't a bad trade-off either, so it's not obligatory. But I anticipate a lot of Triton or Aarakocra Damp Fear in the future from people trying to gain the system. For reference, the 5e races that grant either flying or swimming speeds are Aarakocra, Genasi, the water type, Lizardfolk, Merfolk, and Tritons. As a newly bitten creature of the night, it would make sense that you also get Dark Vision. Nothing special here, admittedly, but Dark Vision is always nice to have. Then we have Deathless Nature, a feature that may or may not prove useful depending on how creative you get with it. As a damp fear, you don't need to breathe, you are an undead thing after all. This means that you can hold your breath underwater indefinitely. You don't have to breathe in any nasty toxic gases, and you can even survive in a lot of extra-dimensional spaces like the inside the bag of holding, for instance. You'll be surprised how often this can come up, and it's particularly useful if you pick out a base race that includes a swimming speed for some aquatic undead shenanigans. Then Spider Climb. You get to climb equal to your movement speed, so 35 feet. But that's just the start. Once you reach third level, you get actual spider climbing, which means that you can do some cool vampire thing of just walking straight up walls without having to use your hands. It's constant, it doesn't take any uses, and I'm betting Wizards of the Coast and DMs everywhere are going to regret having this in their game. With constant permanent spider climbing, you get free reign to be obnoxious with ranged weapons. Simply build your dampier with some form of ranged attacks in mind, and whenever combat breaks out, you can run right up the nearest wall, or tree, or whatever's nearby, and take pot shots from the ceiling, or tree branch. In a lot of combat situations, you'll be all but untouchable. And then we have the big one, the Vampiric Bite. As a dampier, you get your own toothy maw as a weapon, and you get to use it in one of the most interesting and unique natural attacks that we've ever gotten in 5th edition. It's only 1d4 natural attack, but it strangely uses constitution for attack and damage rolls. Then, if you make the attack while at half your hit points or below, you get two options for additional effects to your bite. You can either choose to heal an amount equal to the damage of your bite dealt, or you can gain a bonus equal to the damage your bite dealt to your next attack roll or ability check. You also get to use those second optional features up to the number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and those uses recharge on a long rest. 
That first option can be pretty useful at early levels if you're close to death, and that second ability will be very useful for a very long time. However, since you can only pick from those options when you're at half hit points or below, you basically never want to use it when you're healed up. In addition, one thing you may have noticed missing from the list was a language trait, and that's because the new lineage system doesn't have them. Instead, you know common and one language that you and your DM agree upon, as it says. This is obviously kind of squishy, but it's an effort to let the DM dictate the languages of their setting rather than their racial selections. Fear not, though. If you started your Dampir with a different race and then they became one later on, you get to keep the languages that that race already knew. Your race actually constitutes a pretty small portion of your character, and lineages make up an even smaller part of the equation as your starting ability score increases are now fully interchangeable. You can build literally anything as a Dampir, and you won't have as much trouble. However, there are a few strategies that mesh particularly well with the Dampir features that you may want to consider. We touched upon this earlier, but the Wall Archer. The Dampir Spider Climb feature turns you into an extremely mobile firing platform starting at 3rd level. This will work as an archery-based fighter, a ranger, or really anything that can pick up a bow and arrow. Admittedly, it doesn't do much in open and empty field combat, but in any situation where there's a wall or any point of elevation, this is going to make everything a cakewalk to you. Yes, of course, you yourself are still also targetable by ranged attacks, but there will be some monsters that simply can't reach you from up on the ceiling or up on a high tree branch. You may find that your DM starts building their dungeons with severely low ceilings, but hey, it's a proven strategy. Then we have the Vampire Flying Mage. Your Ancestral's Legacy lets you keep a base race's alternate movement speeds, so why not take the best alternate movement speed in the game? If you choose the Aarakocra as your base race before taking the Dampfear lineage, you'll not only have the amazing Spider Climb feature, but you'll also have a whopping 50-foot fly speed. This is pretty amazing on its own, but then combine it with a spellcasting class like Warlock, Wizard, or Sorcerer devoted to some ranged damage spells, and now you're edging into broken territory. The Flying Mage tactic is already tried and true. Having actual wings means you're not only going to have to not waste a spell slot on flying, you also don't have to make any concentration checks if somebody manages to hit you all the way up there. Not to mention this strategy still has all the benefits of a wall archer. And you can stay out of harm's way 9 times out of 10 while still dishing out damage all over the battlefield. A word of warning though, most DMs won't allow the Aarakocra race to begin with, I'm not necessarily one of those, but I have met some that won't, so talk with them first. I hope that this has helped some of you guys figure out if you want to go the vampiric route. I know that some people hear Dampfear instead of Vampire, and they just think that it's like playing a low knockoff version. And on a pure power level, yeah it is, and that's because you players can't be trusted with the abilities of Vampire, because frankly, I'm a little nervous that I told you about the Wall Archer thing and the Flying Vampire Mage, so I'm sorry, DMs out there who may suffer from this advice I've given. No, but seriously, I love the Dampfear. I've played it a couple times, I've seen it at my table, and I recommend it to anybody that found any of this even a little bit interesting. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you guys have created a cool Dampier character that you're proud of, I would love to read about it down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.